This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, we are switching gears and we are going to turn to what can be the biggest problem for your health. And that, of course, is smoking. It's absolutely the worst thing you can do for your health, but as most people know, it is very, very hard to quit. Uh, I'm going to give out some of the statistics on smoking. Uh, as of 2014, 18% of Canadians, that's roughly 5.4 million people, smoke either daily or occasionally. And that's a decrease from the year before. It's a decrease of uh, 1.2%. And it's the lowest smoking rate reported since 2001. 21.5% of males and f- nearly 15% of females smoke, so more men than women still smoke, even though, unfortunately, it seems to be going up. Women are catching up. Let's just uh, say that. So quitting smoking is hard. Uh, often you'll have to try more than once to get it done. And I am here with pharmacist Nayan Patel from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he's going to tell us about some of the ways that you can quit smoking. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So if you want to quit smoking, there's lots of different avenues that you can take. And and I'm here to tell you that the pharmacist is one great resource for having you, uh, helping you quit smoking. And we can act as a coach. And, you know, you have a coach for so many different things. You have a teacher. When you go to school, they're sort of your coach. You have a hockey coach. And so why not have a smoking cessation coach? And, and your pharmacist can be one of these for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give out the numbers if you have questions about uh, smoking or if you have other questions for the pharmacist. 416-360-0740, 740 I remember the days, because I smoked briefly as a young woman, where uh, you kind of had to uh, suck it up and go cold turkey. That's not the way it's done these days, right? But that can be an option. And that's what I like to do when I sit down with clients and I help them develop a plan. And I think that's really the most important thing is to help someone develop a plan that suits them. And so cold turkey is definitely one of them. Some people want to quit without using any medications. Uh, but there's lots of tips and uh, strategies that we can employ to help them quit. So we can use smoking cessation medications like uh, Zyban and Champix. We can use nicotine replacement therapy, which comes in so many different forms now, uh, gum, uh, sprays and patches, lozenges. Um, so there's lots and lots of different options now. Uh, do you, um, is there any one of those that is considered the most effective? So there are certain percentages that each one has. And what we do is really I look at the person first and I look at um, what they've tried before, um, what has worked for them in the past. Um, and maybe uh, there might be one thing that's better than the other for that particular person. So we customize a plan. And I think that's really important to keep in mind that uh, the same product might not be right for every, different, every person. Does it depend on 
how much they smoke? It can. So sometimes the dosages depend on how much they smoke. And uh, for example, if you're a pack-a-day smoker and you said that uh, maybe I would, I'd like to try the gum, I'd probably say to you, well, let's, let's try something, some other things first. Let's try the patch and maybe we can use some gum to supplement the patch. And that might be um, a better success rate than just using gum alone. I, I remember a kind of, it was actually a horrible story of a friend who was trying to quit smoking, and I think it was a patch, it was a long time ago, and you really couldn't smoke with it, and he smoked on it and ended up having to go to emergency because it was like there was a lot of poison. So I think... Uh First, when the patches first came out, we said to people that, um, you know, it could be dangerous if you smoked while wearing the patch. Now we know that that is not true. So sometimes um, people do get scared. Uh, I had a I had a client yesterday who said that, you know, when he was using the patch, he felt really different. And um, so I said to him, well, let's, let's consider reducing the patch. Let's consider you reducing the number of cigarettes. And really, we worked through a plan. And, uh, and in the end, um, this gentleman's well on his way to, to quitting now. So when you use medication like the patch, do you, you use it along with a tapering approach to cigarettes? We can. And again, I, I like to work with clients. Some people would like to set a quit date and we put on the patch right on their quit date and then that works for them. And we do a little practicing sometimes uh, beforehand before using the patch. So um, cutting down, I think, is always a good practice approach because that's what you're going to do when you set your quit date and then you're not smoking anymore. You have to practice some of these techniques of distracting yourself, delaying all these things that you need to do to, to um, not have that cigarette and not give in to your craving. But on the other hand, you can go to a, a method which is, um, uh, is reducing to quit. So we set some goals. So this week, let's say your limit is, is eight cigarettes a day. And then the week after, you're going to go down to six cigarettes a day. And sometimes we let them use patches, we let them use gum, lozenges, whatever the treatment that they, that they have chosen with me. Um, we let them use those things and, uh, and we work their way down. Okay, let's uh, take a couple of calls. We've got Bernice in Mississauga. Hi, Bernice. Hi. How are you? Oh, perfect. I love your program. Thank you. Uh, I quit. Do you want to know how I quit smoking? Sure. Okay. 30 years ago, I had hypnosis at the Novotel Hotel on Huron, Ontario, <laughs> and Bloor, I think it was. I was a heavy, heavy smoker. I smoked a pack and a half to two packs from the time I was, well, I didn't smoke that much when I was 15, but I sure did when I was older. And uh, it, it, it went. After the hypnosis, I never smoked again. I haven't smoked in 30 years. I can't stand the smell of smoke. Uh, whatever that Bill Carson did, there were 30 of us in the room, and my niece was with me. She hasn't smoked in 30 years either. It, us reformed smokers are, are really the most intolerant. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because uh, anybody smokes around me, I have a fit. I can't stand the smell of it. So, Go ahead, Doc. So you know what? I've I've heard those stories before, and uh, and I don't rule I don't rule a lot of things out. If if people want, if my clients want to try things like hypnosis um, mm -hmm. or acupuncture, you know, usually I'm all for it. I, I say let's use as many tools as we can to help someone quit smoking. Mm -hmm. So I never say to someone, well, we're only going to use the patch, and we're not going to use any type of uh, counseling, and we're not going to use. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh -huh. So. 
I want to use as many t tools as possible. And I usually give the example of if you're trying to build a house and someone says to you, I'm only going to give you a hammer. Well, that mm -hmm. house is not going to look very good. But if you can use all the tools available to your disposal, then you're going to have a great looking house. And we apply those same things to quitting smoking. Let's use everything. Well, listen, I don't know how many people it worked for in that room, but there were 30 of us in there. And uh, and we had a real deal. It only cost us fifty bucks, where he used to charge two hundred in his office. So I don't know how many, but it worked for me. It worked for my niece, and it probably worked for a few others. And you know, why not try it? Good, good, good for you. Yeah, sure. that, absolutely, that's great. That, thanks for sharing the story, and great that you haven't smoked for so long. No, I haven't. Thirty years, I have. I, I haven't had a drag. Okay. Not one. Okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye. Al in Mississauga. Hi, Al. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. How you doing, Lib? I love your show. Thank you. Thank you. I so, just want to uh, pass on there. I, I, you know what? I think there's only one way to quit smoking. That's cold turkey. I tried everything. I tried everything. And I, I had friends that tried to patch the pills. And I know my friends with the patch, they still smoke with the patch on. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, and and uh, I decided one day, you have to have the willpower. I decided one morning I got up, I'm going to quit cold turkey, and that's been since February the 1st of 2010. I haven't had a cigarette since. Was that the first time you tried to quit smoking? Oh, no, no, that's probably my fourth or fifth time. Okay, let's talk about that, because I think that's important that, you know, probably there are a lot of people out there who say, they finally say, I'm going to quit smoking, they try once and they fail and they leave it at that. But but I think that that's an important message that, you know, it might not work the first time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's... it didn't work the first time, second time, or the third time with me. Yeah, so the average smoker... You have smoker... to have that willpower. You have to say, that's it. You don't want to smoke anymore. And you know it's going to kill you. You absolutely right? do. I mean, I've smoked to... for 45 years. 45 you have to make that decision that you don't want to smoke. That you... is for sure true. And, and there's two things. You have to be motivated to quit, and you have to have the confidence that you can do it. And yeah. the average smoker, you know, will try to quit five to seven times before they're actually successful. Really? Five to seven? Five so to there seven you go. Times. You were better than average, Al. Yeah, but, but, but you know what? After six years, I quit February 1st, 2010. I'm not going to lie to you. I still have that craving. Well, every once in a while. Sure, and there's there'll be certain triggers that will kind oh, of bring yeah. that back. If something triggers me, I want to have a cigarette so bad, I'll get up and do something, eh? That's it. Perfect, perfect. You know yeah. exactly what to do. And part of the coaching that we do is we want to prepare people once they quit for those times where, you know, it's your birthday and you go out and you and you think, oh, it's been a long time. I hadn't, haven't had a cigarette in a year. I could probably do it now. And yeah. then I remind them, why? Why do you want to take that chance? Yes. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for sharing your story, Al. Love your show. Oh, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, that, that brings me to a question. So people try more and more. You talked about triggers. Uh, so just quickly before we take a break, because I'm late for the break. So if you have a cigarette when you have a coffee, does that mean you have to give up coffee too? <laughs> Again, this is, this is really tricky because for some people, yes, they have to give up coffee. Some people know they can they can do it, um, so it's all I leave it up to the person to decide whether they should quit the coffee or not. But it can be a trigger for you know alcohol is another big one. 
Okay, yeah, it's and alcohol loosens your inhibition, so it might loosen your resolve, right? That's right, absolutely. Okay, we've got to take a, a, a quick break. I'm going to give out the numbers again, and we will take more of your calls when we come back. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we're talking about quitting smoking. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with Nan Patel from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And uh, you are a specialist in smoking cessation. So how do you see patients? So I call myself a smoking cessation coach. And what I do is I work in two different uh, types of um, situations. I work in a family health team, and I'm the lead for the smoking cessation program in the family health team. So with the doctors, the nurses, um, and they refer a lot of the patients who smoke to me. I also work in a a regular retail pharmacy called PharmaSave in Scarborough. And there I see patients by appointment, uh, people who just walk in off the street and just say, you know, I want to quit smoking. And I think it's really important to to spend some time with them because to develop a plan, it really does take um, quite a bit of time. And and if you don't book an appointment and really focus with that patient, um, you really uh, can't do them uh, a great deal of justice. Yeah. So, but walking in can be the first step, right? Absolutely. And you have to take that first step or someone, maybe sometimes it's a a family member who walks in and says, you know, um, my son, I, I need to get him to quit. What should I do? And we can help them with that, too. That, that's interesting, too. Okay, the, the, the lines are stacked up. Uh, let's go to Alan in Mississauga. Hi, Alan. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, I just, I just want to state that, uh, yeah, uh, I quit smoking approximately 25 years ago. And uh, I, walk, I, I, I tried cutting back uh, cigarettes, and I'm, that was successful. And I'm saying to myself, you know what, I did such a great job, I'm going to reward myself with a cigarette. And I'm saying to myself after, well, that's stupid. You know, every time you're going to say that, you're going to light another cigarette up. So I decided there and then I was going to quit. I went to the doctors and got the prescription for the patch. And I went, because I wanted to quit, it wasn't really hard for me. And uh, how long ago was that? About 25 years. Okay, that's a long time. That's Yeah, yeah. And um, for, the, for the longest time, though, I, I, I kept getting sick, about two years, and I went to the doctor, and he told me I was having withdrawal symptoms of oh. the nicotine. Well, typically they last for about um, a week or so, and uh, usually you can get, you can get um, through the, the physical addiction to the nicotine within, you know, a week or so. But it's a psychological part that uh, takes a little bit longer for us to overcome. And that's what we really need to work on sometimes before the, the addiction to the nicotine part. And my doctor also told me that, uh, that uh, uh, nicotine is, uh, is more addictive than heroin. It's, it's right up there. <laughs> right up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, and, and also, I, w- I was a little bit annoyed at my pharmacist because I went in there and asked for advice on what to do and what not to do. I'm doing some research. I went in to quit smoking. And I, 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 I go to the Legion um, because I was wearing a Legion jacket. She told me, she said, well, you might want to stay out of the Legion. I said, well, 
why, why, why would I want to do that? But well, she said, people smoke in the Legion. I said, people smoke anywhere. People smoke in the mouse. People smoke in the street. You know. So well, that was twenty five years ago because yeah. they don't smoke in I those know, public I, places I, I, I anymore. Know, I know. So, so I, I said, well, you know, I get that out my mind because you know I just want to quit it and I'm not going. I'm not going to hide myself because you know what I mean. Well, it's yeah, but for a lot of people, especially at the beginning, it's difficult if you go to places where people light up. And thankfully, there are fewer and fewer of fewer those places. I, I, I work in a rather large building in Mississauga. It's just, a, it's, it's just a big, big building. It's an office-type building. And there was a lot of young ladies there, young ladies, beautiful lady, girls, and they all smoke. And I look at them and shake my head, my God. And know. they're all standing outside on their boss's time <laughs> yes, smoking. And, and believe it or not, I... We also recycle cigarette butts, okay? And I've just done some today. I got 18 kilos of cigarette butts in a month. Oh. Okay, we recycle that. And that, that's, a, that's a lot, a lot of cigarette butts. Okay, Al, thanks okay, so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ryan in Peterborough? Ryan? It's Ryan in Peterborough. I, uh, first of all, thank you for the help you've given me in the past. I wanted to um, support the... Uh, comments made a few moments ago by the gentleman who said that the cold turkey seems to be the only way, but you need willpower. Um, it, <laughs> the willpower is the problem because you keep inventing excuses for yourself. It helps to have a real incentive. In my case, my doc said, you got COPD. That's oh, my goodness. Friend, and uh, you're, in, you're in deep trouble. Well, I, I, I stopped smoking that day, and I never even thought of it again. And I'd have been on and off and on and off before. Uh, I, although I, I was pretty bad at the time, I recovered most of the way, uh, <laughs> and I'm back to normal life, and I'm not thinking about the smoking anymore. But even if you have to fi- find somebody who's who has uh, who's got it, who's got the COPD, or give find yourself a reason. A, something legitimate you can cling to and say I've got to do it because because if, if you don't yeah we'll always try again yeah you know you brought up some really good points and you do you do need a reason and part of the part of the process that we go through is let's talk about all those reasons you know is it is it for your family is it financial is it uh, for your kids you know uh, we have a lot of um, older people who say you know what I want to spend more time with my grandkids and I want to be around for them and that's their motivation for for quitting and I think that uh, you know you yes you do need willpower um, and I think if you're motivated enough you'll find that willpower especially when you see that yeah it actually is coming I, I think I saw something recently, like one of those psychological studies that that said that it works. I can't remember if it was for smoking or weight loss that, you know, if if somebody's going to give you a hundred bucks at the end or whatever it is, that it, that can work too. My grandmother promised me a hundred dollars, and this is back in the in the fifties. Um, if I if when it was money, when, well, before I was old enough to smoke, said you if you don't smoke until you're twenty one, I'll give you a hundred dollars. That was a lot of money then. Yeah. I almost made it. <laughs> I never did collect. Okay, yeah. Thanks for well, your call. I was. I used to have, enjoy having a cigarette with her. Okay, thank you for your call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Colleen in Peterborough. Colleen? Hello. Hello. Hi, it's Colleen. Hi, Colleen. I just, I, I just want to say I quit smoking in 2000. So it's been 16 years. Good for you. I tried several times. I was a three-pack-a-day smoker. Oh, my goodness. Because in those days, you worked in offices. You could smoke in the offices. 
So I think most of them burned up in the ashtray. But um, anyway, long story short, I went to uh, try it out on my own. Wasn't working, wasn't working. Couldn't use the patch, couldn't use the gum. So I went on Zyban, but a co-worker, a young fellow, said to me, look, if you're going to quit smoking, you'll have to report to me every day. Why is that? So every morning I would go in, and he'd say, did you have a cigarette last night? And I'd say, no, I'd say, good. And he'd watch me during the day. Um, one of the things that triggered it for me was coffee. Mm-hmm. And because I drank a lot of coffee, I couldn't quit that cold turkey because of the withdrawal. So I started getting... Uh, half decaf and then full decaf and then just went to an herbal tea the whole time I was quitting. But it took about probably six weeks to quit smoking. And and how important was it to have that buddy or coach or whatever oh, it was? It was very important because I'm I'm pretty independent person, but I make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so no. it was important to have that young fellow come to me every morning and say, did you have a cigarette last night? Let me smell your, I want to smell you as if you smoked in your car on the way into work. <gasps> having you so know, having that buddy or having a family member that is going to keep an eye on you is so powerful. You know, no yeah. one wants to fail publicly. You know, we can fail no. privately. But yeah. if you were to tell everyone around you, your friends, your relatives, that you're look at you're wanting to quit, you know, yeah. that just adds so much more accountability and just it, it really does work and make it does really make you wanna uh try harder. Nan, let me and ask I, you and I don't think that it's any different for a cigarette smoker than it is for an alcoholic or a drug addict. You have to have that system in place where you're accountable to someone. Right. To, you're to make absolutely it work, right. I think. Yeah. Okay, Colleen, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Nan, when you do your counseling, do you ask people, like, you know, did you, did you have a cigarette last week? Or do they have to give an account of what they've done? Oh, that's absolutely important, you know. And I and I always tell them, be honest, because I'm not uh, I'm not your judge. I'm your I'm your um, coach, and I and I can't do my job if if you're not being honest with me. And, and for the most part, people understand that. And um, sure, you know. And I I I'll tell them that you know you need you do need a coach. And the people who come and see me and keep their appointments are so much more successful than the people who don't. And again, sometimes a lot of people will tell me that they feel accountable to me and they don't want to let me down, although I don't try to come across that way, but sometimes they do feel like that. Okay, so so I'm I'm sitting in my appointment and I'm saying, Nain, you know, like I, I smoked last week. What do you say? Well, I said, I'll, I'll go back to, I said, well, how much did you smoke when you first started coming to see me? And they'll say a pack a day. And I'll say, well, you've made great progress. You know, you, you were at pack a day. Now, what did you do last week? You were at five cigarettes a day. Well, let's look at that. That's really hard work. Now, you've come this far. Let's keep going. Okay, that sounds encouraging. Let's uh, try to fit in a few more calls before we have to go. Leo in Mississauga. Hi, Leo. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. Well, my experience uh, as being a past smoker is I quit in 1988 cold turkey. And what I found uh, that would help was I used the goal, and uh, the goal was I remember my younger days when I was 15, I did something that my dad upset him with, like, uh, not upset, like in a funny way, like teasing him, right? Being a son to a father, I can't catch you, you can't catch him. One day he chased me, boy. The only, thing, the only reason I got away is because he was smoking, he panted it, and that's it. He couldn't catch me. So when I uh, settled down and I was uh, thinking about having children down the road, well, you know what? Never know if I have a son who's going to attempt the same thing. I want to make sure I can catch him. <laughs> So, so, so you, honestly, you start... that was a that was a goal, and uh, I haven't touched a cigarette since. 
And I guess that's a, using a little bit of fear, right? And yeah. <laughs> and I think you know, I some, I think sometimes that that could be a reason for some people. It may not work for everyone, but you know, a lot of things that uh, some people do is um, have a they reward themselves. So you know, if I can go one month without smoking, well, maybe I'm going to save up to go uh, take a trip, or I'm going to buy a new set of golf clubs, or you know, something that they can reward themselves with, and that's motivation. What is this a pack of cigarettes now? I mean, how much does it cost? I think it's a lot. Like, what is it? Eight bucks? No. Over $10. Yeah. Wow, over $10. Well, if, <laughs> if put that money, if you take that money and and just think of what you can do with it, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Now, with all due respect, I did try many times to try to quit in the past. Uh, I did try to patch. It just didn't work. I, I, you know, everything's timing. And I think to me in 88 was timing. It was New Year's Eve. I said, enough is enough. But uh, what I also noticed that uh, every time... I needed my. I needed to have a cigarette. Well, what I did is I, I, I stopped having a cigarette, and oh well, I tried to refrain from having a cigarette. But I find my hands getting fidgeting, always trying to grab something. It's almost like a habit that you have to have the cigarette in your hand. Yeah, there's the physical aspects and the ritual, yeah. like coffee and a cigarette, or you're Absolutely. sitting down. So those are all like you know tips. Uh, that uh, we do in our sessions are yeah you put something in your in your hands carrot sticks you know pencils that sort of thing and and sometimes there's now there's these um, uh, inhalers that you can get and they work really well. Okay. Now uh, uh, just the last thing I, I wish I could have the same willpower. Okay. Now I've gotten on a few pounds here so we'll try that at one time. Okay. Thanks for your call. Take care. Take care. Uh, And thank you for all your calls. Uh, We are out of time. Uh, This is obviously a a subject that people have a lot to say about. And thank you so much, Nan Patel from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, for your insights on what to do when you want to quit smoking. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.